0: Morning. Um, As you guys know, we have a week from now our annual global missions conference where we have over 25 organizations coming in from all over the place. In fact, many of them are already in the state for those who are flying um, internationally. Um, But this Sunday, we want to give a special place for all of our local partners, our local heroes that live in Homer, they work in Homer, and they serve our local community. Um, And uh, we also have a, a couple other special things. So we're gonna hear from um, a few of the different local organizations this morning. I would love for you guys to help um, welcome them up. I'm gonna invite them up uh, one at a time. So would you guys uh, just give a huge applause to the stage. Uh, First off, um, for the food pantry, Dennis Weidler. Go ahead and give him a hand. (laughs) Then this morning, uh, representing Love, Inc., we have Lindsay Collins. You guys can give her a hand as well. For safe families, for children, we have Arwen Weiser. For Salvation Army, we have Captain David Jimenez. You can welcome him up. Thanks, David. Representing Set Free today, we have Jason um, Manali. You guys can welcome him up. And then lastly, we have uh, Water's Edge. We have Leanne Dash. Would you welcome her up as well? This is awesome. Thank you guys all for being here so much. Greatly appreciate it. So um, I'd love just to maybe hear, uh, first off, for everyone who's maybe unfamiliar with the organization you guys work with, um, just a little bit of basic information. So Arwen, why don't we start out with you. Would you um, share uh, what is Safe Families and who does Safe Families serve?
1: Yeah, Safe Families is a national nonprofit that helps surround families in crisis with caring, compassionate, Community. So, our goal is to help anyone that is struggling um, due to homelessness or unemployment or um, medical issues or whatever, help care for their family, whether that's tangible needs or taking care of your kids for yeah. the short term.
0: And could you share a little bit about how that differs then? Because there's kids in foster care. There's also children who do need help. So kind of where does Safe Families uh, fit in there in the mix of needs for children in Homer?
1: Right. So foster care and the state don't step in until harm has already occurred. Mm-hmm. Safe Families' goal is to prevent harm, to help people um, keep families together but prevent kids from being placed in harmful situations.
0: Right. And then um, for someone who wants help from Safe Families, um, can you share a little bit about um, the process for someone who wants, you know, the cost or volunteer or all that? How does it work for someone who who feels like they need help and does not not have a network available to them? How does that work with Safe Families?
1: Right. <clears throat> so, someone who needs help. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's no cost, obviously. It's mm-hmm. volunteer-driven. Um, we have host families that are screened uh, with background checks mm-hmm. um, uh, if you need to place your children for yeah. temporary things. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, we just try to... Prov- um, we have several roles that are volunteer that are to support both the host family yeah. and the right. family that is in crisis, yeah. whether that's um, resources or mm-hmm. driving someone to a doctor's appointment or right. whatever it is. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's all. Yeah.
0: And someone could place their... their You know, request help, have their kid placed with a with a safe mm-hmm. family for however long they need, and then whenever they're ready, they can just come pick up their kid, and they have full control over Yes, event. goal
1: is reunification of families. We want to keep yeah. families together yeah. as much as we can. So, awesome. yeah, absolutely. Cool.
0: Let's go to um, Dennis. So, Dennis. Yes. Could you tell us about the Homer Food Pantry? Uh, you know, uh, what is the Homer Food Pantry? Who does it serve here in
2: Homer? It was established over 31 years ago yeah. as a local nonprofit, and we've been serving families in food crisis ever since. Yeah. Um, our fundamental purpose is to provide nutritional uh, support every Monday from noon to three. Yeah, And also it has expanded to provide non-food emergency services mm-hmm. also Mondays from noon to three. Yeah. Uh, and that includes rental assistance, yeah. uh, firewood, mm-hmm. uh, tents and sleeping bags, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of support that is non-food based. Yeah. But certainly is a requirement to to exist and survive in our community. Yeah, and could
0: you share a little bit about um, the Homer Food Pantry's role with other services in town as well as far
2: as, so when someone wants help getting referrals and all that. The Food Pantry is the referral source to the Homeless Assistance Program through the Haven House. Yeah, That's probably the number one resource that we provide. We also work with the Independent Living Center. Yeah, We work with all the other organizations. Yeah. The center calls regularly. The hospital calls regularly. Mm-hmm. Behavioral health at the hospitals mm-hmm. calls regularly. The yeah. police department calls regularly. Right. So we are serving a lot of different aspects yeah. of the community.
0: Yeah. And you guys are kind of really the, the start point for most people who are looking for assistance. That's kind of where they start out.
2: That, the, that has become enough. our default position is yeah. you go to the food pantry first. Yeah.
0: Yep. And even for um, some, some of the organizations we partner with, including uh, Love, Inc., uh, you actually need a referral from, from the food pantry. That's kind of yes. uh, on the needed list, has been added over the years as well. Yes. Um, could you kind of share over this last year, you know, coming, coming out of COVID, what's this last year been like as
2: far as what you've provided? How have you guys seen, you know, got at work? Post-COVID has been extremely difficult. Okay. Some of the organizations that have supported us for 30 years have gone away. They've just disappeared and not returned yet. There are plans to return, yeah. but they haven't. Yeah. Supply chain mm-hmm. issues. Every week we order everything yeah. and hope we get something. Yeah. We order 20 cases of chili, we get two. Mm-hmm. There's no fruit. There's no peanut butter. Yeah. There was a peanut butter recall, and it has yet to come back to sufficient strength to yeah. justify us getting peanut butter. And yeah. yet it's a fundamental issue of, of the food pantry. Yeah. And we, we just can't get things. And, of yeah. course, everything is costing more. Right, uh, A can of spaghetti sauce used to be $1.79, yeah. now it's three seventy-nine right. for the same thing. Yeah. Well, that has great impact mm-hmm. on our ability to provide.
0: Yeah, could you share about, you know, if someone wants to get involved or participate in the food pantry, what are wa- the best ways for people to do that?
2: Anybody can volunteer, we welcome mm-hmm. volunteers. We're looking for drivers to pick mm-hmm. up groceries, to uh, yeah. run deliveries out on Monday to those who are housebound, mm-hmm. whether they are ill or senior citizens. Yep. Uh, that's becoming more and more important. Uh, It's an aspect of what we do is home delivery now. It didn't used to be anything. During COVID, we did 40 boxes every Monday to Mm -hmm. to homes. Then that pulled back and now we're seeing that increase again. We also administer the senior box program. Mm -hmm. That's a federal program. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get 52 boxes Mm -hmm. every month and we have to oversee their distribution right. and also make sure we keep track of those who receive boxes so they can get one next month. Yeah. If they don't, after two months, they don't get a, get a box anymore. Yeah. So yeah. we have to make sure we
0: administer that properly. Yeah, right. So are mostly opportunities to volunteer on that Monday or is it more in between? Come in
2: on Monday between 8.30 a.m. Yeah. and 3 p.m., yeah. It's best in the morning. There's most of the work to be done in the morning yeah. for preparation. Yeah. There's also lunch right now, serving lunch to all the volunteers, mm-hmm. and there's about 25 to 30 extra lunches packed yeah. for takeaway by the clients. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And that is new since COVID.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, Thank you, um, Jason. How about we hear, hear from you? Um, would you be able to kind of share uh, representing safe families, or sorry, set free? Would you be able to kind of share a little bit about um, set free, especially here uh, in Homer? Um, you know, uh, tell a little bit about the organization and who it serves.
3: Need the red. There we go. There it is. Thank you. Yeah. Set Free Alaska, mind, body, spirit approach to recovery. Yeah. Substance abuse, behavioral health issues, mental health issues. Uh, and all of the above and so our services here in homer we have our outpatient office on ocean drive and uh, as many of you know michael raymond does an incredible job running our men's residential facility out on compass uh, compass facility east end road Mm -hmm. and it's the only one in the state of alaska for men's residential that allows children in there which is a big deal for men trying to get their life back and wanting to become fathers Mm -hmm. and husbands and uh, so it's uh, it's valuable work Mm
0: -hmm. yeah um, could you also share a little bit about, um, uh, you know, statewide as well, kind of the bigger picture of um, Set mm-hmm. Free across the state and its role?
3: Yeah. So, um, our main hub is in the Matsu Valley, serving uh, Palmer and Wasilla. And mm-hmm. again, we have services mm-hmm. here, but we have clients that come from all over the state of Alaska, from the villages, mm-hmm. from the bigger cities. They come from all over the place, and yeah. uh, unfortunately, substance abuse. Um, is rampant in our state. Alaska, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. is the worst state in the nation in terms of its recidivism rates, which is the rate to which people commit a crime, go to jail, get out, re-offend, and just continue this cycle of substance abuse, criminal activity, Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes, unfortunately, death and we are doing everything we can to change that statistic in the state Mm -hmm. of Alaska to actually that Alaska would be a place of hope Mm -hmm.
0: and that substance abuse would end here forever. Could you share about the role of of course, professional care, but also faith and how those work together with Zephry. Yeah,
3: most definitely. I mean, we believe that ultimately Jesus is the healer Mm -hmm. and is the one who sets captives free. And so the mind-body-spirit approach is getting people clinical tools Mm -hmm. so that they understand boundaries, how to deal with trauma, Mm -hmm. relapse prevention, all of those things that come with a clinical background and understanding, but also getting free from substance abuse and whenever and wherever possible getting introduced to Jesus. Because ultimately, when that center is fixed, Mm -hmm. then everything else falls into place. Yeah,
0: yeah, thank you.
3: Yeah, you're welcome.
0: Yeah, Leanne, I'd love to hear from you. Um, so, Leanne is actually the new um, is director, right? Director at Water's Edge, the Pregnancy Care Center. So, why don't you guys uh, welcome her? Thanks. So this is your first year here. Would you uh, maybe also introduce yourself and and then also, uh, you know, Water's Edge and how you guys
4: So I am Leanne Dash. Um, I am uh, a resident now for about eight years. And so we came on vacation to beautiful Alaska and moved here three months later through the providence of the Lord who opened every single door. And um, I'm excited to serve at Water's Edge Pregnancy Care and Family Resource Center in this area. So what we have to offer is all of our resources and um, services that we offer are for free. And so it's very easy to become a client. Mm -hmm. You simply just come in, fill out an application, Mm -hmm. and that's all you have to do from that Mm -hmm. point on. You are our client. It is our goal to serve the gospel of Jesus Christ boldly with each and every person. And we gladly welcome families. And so we encourage the fathers to become clients as well Mm -hmm. because they are um, a very important part of family and, Mm -hmm. um, and of our ministry because we want to serve them as much as we serve the children and -hmm. and the mothers. We offer free ultrasounds, free pregnancy test. We offer, um, some furniture for babies, Mm -hmm. uh, clothing. We have diapers and wipes Mm -hmm. and formula. Mm -hmm. We have, um, parenting classes for both parents. Mm -hmm. And, um, we have from, childbirth to, um, sorry, I'm a little nervous, from childbirth yeah. to the toddler years. And then we have right. specific parenting classes for fathers right. as well as for mothers. And yeah. then we also have post-abortion support as mm-hmm. well as um, support for um, anyone who's suffered loss, mm-hmm. domestic abuse or mm-hmm. um, miscarriage. And I brought Linda Petcash with me today because she is the amazing woman with a beautiful testimony mm-hmm. who leads those faith-based support mm-hmm. groups. And so um, that is what we do. We yeah. just try and, what we do is we just have people come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, we meet with a client advocate, mm-hmm. and that person kind of builds a relationship with them and stays yeah. with them as much yeah. as they can. And so we are, uh, we depend on volunteers. Mm-hmm. We only have two staff, and that's myself and my yeah. admin assistant. Yeah. And so um, that is what we do, and we look forward to serving this yeah. community.
0: And you guys have had, uh, a pretty uh, decent amount of change the last couple of years. So you can do ultrasounds now, which that's newer. Um, yes,
4: yes, that is new. We, uh, we did not offer ultrasounds before. We have just become that part of medical. They are limited ultrasound. We do have a medical director. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a licensed RN who comes in and she does those ultrasounds. Mm-hmm. And we are very flexible. We are open. Yeah. We do have some new hours. We're open 12 to 4 Monday, um, Wednesday and Thursday. We have... Um, lengthened our hours on Tuesday mm-hmm. from 12 to six. Mm-hmm. That's usually when we do our ultrasounds is uh, Tuesday mm-hmm. afternoons. And yeah. so, um, in that aspect, you'd get a limited mm-hmm. consultation from a nurse yeah. just for confirmation of pregnancy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, why don't we move over here? If maybe we can hear from Lindsay. They have, a, they have another mic over here. Lindsay could share about, um, loving, well, you know, what is loving and how does it kind of fit in, in the scope of the needs in homework?
5: Yeah, so Love Inc. um, is essentially a clearinghouse um, through the church that kind of is a catch-all that meets the needs, so it's interesting hearing everybody, because I always think I'm just probably repeating myself in terms of the needs that people have in town, um, because we are able to step in where Love Inc. is considered a payer of last resort, uh, and so when people have had services through many of these agencies, not all of them have time or, um, finance caps, but some people do like how much they can get from the food pantry in, in one year or six months, then they can come to Love Inc. and get those needs met. So we're really kind of a catch all, um, for services that maybe aren't as easily met with other agencies, uh, whether those be nonprofit or government agencies in town.
0: Yeah. Um, could you share about the unique kind of role that Love Inc. Uh, fills, as well, in regards to volunteers and kind of unique opportunities that maybe fall outside the scope of a of a of a funded organization?
5: Yes, I think um, something unique and that I appreciate about the Love Inc. model is that our relationship with the people that we serve is, is relational. It's not, it doesn't, it can be relational and it doesn't have to be as transactional. So when folks go to get, um, food stamps or, uh, housing support, Mm -hmm. heating, heating support, those are, they're getting their needs met, but those are transactional, um, Mm -hmm. things that are happening to get their needs met. And so by the time they get to loving, we're able to really talk to them. And again, it's, needs that may fall through the cracks. So Mm -hmm. when we're at someone's house, uh, shoveling snow from their yard or their Mm -hmm. roof or, um, delivering them firewood, maybe chopping it, maybe stacking it, cleaning up their yard, whatever we're doing, uh, we're building a relationship with that person. And I think we get the questions. It opens the conversation up more, uh, like oh, why are you doing this or or those things where, um, you know, usually when you're applying for food stamps, you're not going to ask that person why they're doing that job. So um, it's a really good opportunity to um, get a relationship with people, talk to them about why Mm -hmm. we're doing it. Love Inc. I think I always get people, even though it's been so long, that don't realize. So Love Inc. isn't actually Love Incorporated. It's I-N-C, love in the name of Christ. So we're doing those things um, in the name of Christ, and we can share that with people.
0: Amen. Um, could you kind of share about the role that Loving has played here in Homer the last year and kind of some things upcoming? And things?
5: Yes. So, um, again, repeating what Dennis said, there have been all the things he said and more in terms of some barriers for folks getting what they need. Um, some of the really big needs that people are having— uh, along with some of those price hikes of things are um, gas vouchers like for their car uh, more, more many more taxi vouchers because some people have just abandoned trying to trying to put together a vehicle altogether and just gone to taxis So those are two really big needs um, that we've been meeting in the in the past year
0: yeah. And one thing with Loving, too, is there's a lot of, I know I often hear about people from not just our church, but others as well, that do want to be a part of a meeting in need. And it can be a little difficult to know where someone is in their journey and how to best help them and kind of leverage resources as well. And Loving does a great job at connecting the dots, knowing how they've received help, how they need help, right? Um, so, yeah. And I know this, the last couple of years, Loving's been a part of uh, helping here in COVID. I know also Salvation Army's been helping. Uh, uh, a large part of that as well. So, uh, David, would you be able to share just a little bit about Salvation Army here in uh, in Homer, uh, what the role is? I know we're, many people are familiar with thrift store or like that, but there's all, you guys are involved in lots of things. So would you share a little bit?
6: Yeah, certainly. So Salvation Army is primarily a church, and everybody thinks, you know, I, I would tell my friends growing up, I go to the Salvation Army church, and the first thing that would come to mind is, oh, the thrift store? You go to the thrift store to worship God? Like, no, no, no. <laughs> the thrift store is just a, it's a storefront of what we do. It's, it's a f- uh, foundationally we are a church. And so on top of that, what we do is we serve human need without discrimination because of the love of God. And that's our foundation. And uh, so that manifests in many different ways. And um, I've been in different places, uh, but here in Homer, the specific need tends to be the thrift store and uh, seasonal, especially now with the Lions Club. We partner with the Lions Club with Thanksgiving food baskets. uh, And that's like a whole community thing. uh, And that's wonderful. And so besides that, our kettle season that we do every year to raise funds to keep going. Now, um, one thing that we do depend on heavily and just like I'm sure everyone here is, is volunteers. Without volunteers we cannot get anything really done. And so it's been a a hard season coming off of COVID um, where everybody wants to stay away. No one wants to touch anything or, you know, and that's been so hard, but uh, we're trying to bounce back to go back out there and be able to extend the hand to give food or to help someone. Do you have something?
0: Could you share some specific um, kind of opportunities w- uh, with Salvation Army then? What would be the kind of specific needs that you guys
6: have? Right now, our main need right now is our thrift store. We need assistance with the thrift store and, the thrift store is a funny topic because we get donations and we we sell those donations and that, that fund goes back into the community. And that's something we want to make sure that uh, those that are supporting us help, help us with that. But what we don't have is volunteers to maintain that. So I, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, if you've driven past, but sometimes we have a lot of donations up front and we don't have the manpower to keep up with it. So it's a full... Uh, fire hose of donations coming in. And so we try our very best, but we do need volunteers to help us at our thrift store. Currently have just two on staff, two people handling all of that. So I've stepped in there, and you might see me behind the counter and supporting my staff, but we do need help with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, I'd love to go back to you, Jason. Um, could we hear a little bit about uh, what's kind of coming up for Set Free and what are ways for people to either give or be involved um, here locally or, or otherwise?
3: Yeah, the three best ways to get involved would be to, you can see Michael, I'm totally putting you on the spot, man. Out at, uh, out at Compass, see him yeah. for volunteer opportunities, yeah. ways to partner and support out there. Yeah. The other would be prayer. We always yeah. invite people into prayer. Pray for our leaders and yeah. our staff. Pray for our clients. Pray for even our future clients and the ending of substance abuse in the state of Alaska. And third would be Uh, finances all of our donations go to sustain all of our ongoing programs and uh, there's a lot of work to still yet be done so we love partnership on those levels we've got exciting things happening next year we've um, got a site development happening seven million dollar project that's been approved so that we can increase our residential facilities increase our staff and our service delivery so we're We're building. We feel like it's a time to rise up and build on the other side of COVID and all the goofiness around that. It's actually time to move forward. And uh, so we're excited about what's in the future.
0: Yeah. And I do know, too, I want to speak to, uh, you know, every building project I've heard about Set Free taking on – I've always been really impressed in my conversations with Philip, and I know I can speak for Aaron as well, Um, Always impressed with the funding model that set for uses between um, grants, between fundraising, and also just making the most out of the least and really leveraging fundraising. So I I very much appreciate both the integrity and the hard work that goes into that. Yeah, we
3: appreciate that. We want to be good stewards with uh, the the grants and things that we get from the state in order to continue the work, right? right? We want to
0: be great stewards with that and then continue the work. So. And I really appreciate it. Yeah. That. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. Maybe we could hear from you, uh, Leanne, as well. Could you kind of share uh, maybe two or three specific opportunities with uh, Water's Edge if one of pe- people want to get involved or give? What, what would that look like?
4: Yes. And I mean I should just share uh, really quickly one thing sure. that God just did that was amazing. Yep. So recently there was a hotline put out. Um, we partner with Heartbeat. Uh, it is a hotline for chemical abortion pill reversal. And it had um, it hadn't actually started, but God opened the door through a young woman who called, who was from our area. And so what we did was, it's a two-pill um, process. She took the first pill and decided six hours later she changed her mind. And so what they do is they call in um, a prescription for a progesterone. It's the same thing that they give to um, women who are high risk for miscarriage. And so. She was put on that progesterone, and what we do is we come behind, and we do those ultrasounds to make sure that mom and baby are all both doing well. And praise God, uh, she left the area, but she called, and baby is doing fine. And so that's a success, uh, one success story of what God has been doing. But in order to be able to help these clients, we really need advocates, and right now, we are very short on volunteers. There's lots of other things you can do. It's not just the advocate positions, but we get a lot of donations of clothing that need to be washed. We send out letters. We have a male ministry that um, can be helped with. And so, um, but it really is essential um, that there's someone there to comfort these women and to talk to them and to give them options and to resource out to these other organizations. And so really that, it, and also we are um, a nonprofit, so we depend on donations and so if that's an area where um, you are gifted and like to support then we do um, have a need for that as well but the people are the most important right now and so we really would like to have um, people who just love the Lord and want to share the love of Jesus Christ with others and just love on these women not every day is a bad day we have lots of good days where we get to see the moms they come back they bring the babies We we just stop everything we sit we love on them we cuddle the babies, there's some amazing days, but there's some difficult days too. And so if you could bathe this in prayer, that God will continue to provide our every need and that he will provide um, the people who are called, because it is a called position to come and serve, to be able to work with um, these women. And it is a blessing far beyond you could ever give to anyone else.
0: Thank you. Before we wrap up, could we hear um, just from Lindsay and Arwen both, um, what are specific opportunities for those that might wanna volunteer, Lindsay?
5: Uh, for Love, Inc., I would say um, come see me next Sunday or through, through the Missions mm-hmm. Conference weekend. Uh, we can always use volunteers, and I can't really give you a specific thing that a volunteer might end up doing. <laughs> so you you might end up mm-hmm. stacking wood at someone's house, uh, or you might end up going into their house and helping them clean, um, or it might be um, helping with a resume, mm-hmm driving them to the grocery store. Yeah. It kind of just depends. So I just love to hear from folks. If you have a willing heart, honestly, just come tell me what you're willing mm-hmm. to do. And it's really neat sometimes how, um, someone will come to me and say they have that like firewood and I'll be like, okay, I'll keep that in the back of my mind. And then a couple people that next mm-hmm. week or month mm-hmm. ask for firewood. So just if you have something on your heart that you're willing, um, a, a service that you're willing to provide, or just a willing to be mm-hmm. a listening ear. Come, let me know, and um, we'll get you hooked up.
0: Yeah, thanks.
1: Okay, I just want to say thank you to the church first, because this past year has been our biggest um, biggest year for financial support from Church on the Rock, which is amazing because it's enabled us to supply diapers and wipes and a lot of those tangible needs to people. Um, there was even a couple. 12-year-old girls that collected donations and held a yard sale and raised over $2,000 that they donated to Save Families this year, which is amazing. Um, so finances, obviously, always the need, um, but volunteers is our need, uh, whether you want to be a host family or support a host family or just be someone that can provide resources. Um, but. In particular, host families that can um, serve older kids and teens is our biggest need. So that's
0: it. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, thank you guys all so much for your time, for being here. Thank you for all you do, uh, for your hard work, your obedience to the call of God. I really appreciate you all. Why don't we give them a hand? (laughs) Thanks. So awesome. What a great team. They're the best. <clears throat> I, hey. do wanna, oh, I do want to say just about Dennis Weidler. Him and his wife moved here um, a little over five years ago from Nome. And uh, he She's actually just stepped you. down as the coordinator for Food Pantry after five diligent years of working. Would you guys give yeah. him a hand? Thank you.
7: He's agreed to be the mascot for another 10. So. Yeah,
0: another 10 years, yeah, that and, and, and the radio station. So.
7: Hey, next week is our Global Missions Conference. Yep. Drew mentioned this earlier. This is what I want you to know about that. Um, one of the goals of our Missions Conference uh, is to celebrate generosity so that the next generation is inspired to jump on board with the mission of God in reaching the lost, um, serving the poor, and uh, establishing his kingdom. And uh, for if you grew up in church, you, this might have been your experience. Um, often because of a couple of commands in Scripture, generosity was hidden, and you didn't know about it. You never heard about it. Um, but we want to appropriately uh, display generosity uh, as a way of inspiring more generosity. It's actually, if you go in 2 Corinthians, I don't have time now, but Paul brags about generosity of the church, uh, which is kind of cool. Anyways, uh, one of the ways that you can uh, get on board and become a part of that generosity towards global missions um, is by making either a one-time commitment or a commitment for the coming year to uh, regularly give to one of the uh, agencies, or organizations or missionaries that we have coming. And you can let us know that one of two ways. You can fill out one of these little cards, uh, which we'll have lots of next week, and we have some of now at the info table. And it's just a a way of uh, making your commitment known. Uh, We communicate that only with uh, the recipient Mm -hmm. to let them know of your commitment. And you can do that to indicate a one-time gift or a pledge to support through a monthly gift for the coming year. But also you can go on church center and there's an online digital pledge card Mm -hmm. there. You can see all of the organizations. You can find out a whole lot more about each of the organizations and you can indicate your commitment to give towards missions and outreach through the app.
0: Yep. And also, uh, there's these on the seats. There's more at the info table. All this is on Church Center. Um, If there are any changes whatsoever, we will put it on Church Center. However, for me, if I hear a whole list of speakers and schedule... It comes in one ear and goes out the other. I got to see it. So um, for the weekend, it starts on Saturday night, and it goes through Monday night. So Monday night is when it finishes uh, with the banquet. If you guys want tickets, you can buy them on Church Center. If you need help, you can go to the info table as well. Um, So that's the only uh, ticket event is the banquet, the Monday night banquet. And all the information is there with all the QR codes you could ever desire in life.
7: God has invited you to jump on board for your own joy. Your own fulfillment and your own reward. So listen for him this week uh, as we approach next weekend. Uh, Listen to him today regarding local agencies and ask the question God, how are you calling me to get involved? Uh, Well, this morning we have a special guest for I Love Homer Sunday, um, a man who truly exemplifies. Uh, the gift of generosity and hospitality. I think the very first time I went to lunch with Bill Wilkinson, he paid for the lunch of the table next to us and then invited <laughs> them to church in the most natural, gracious way I've yeah. ever seen it done. Yeah. I was so inspired. Would you guys welcome up Bill Wilkinson? <clears throat> hey, buddy. Let me pray for you, and we'll jump in. got I thank you for Bill and uh, his commitment to you his commitment to the Great Commission, and for the wisdom that you have uh, given him. Um, I pray that we would reap the full benefit of that now uh, by opening our hearts and ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen.
8: Amen. Good morning, Church on the Rock. We better try that again. <laughs> Good morning, Church on the Rock. Good morning. I got my giant note cards. I kind of had to fumble around a little bit differently because I was traveling, and giant note cards are hard to travel with. But uh, I am Bill Wilkinson. For those of you who don't know, I always like to start off and let you know right up front, I am a sinner saved by God's amazing grace. Any other sinners out in the audience saved by grace? Amen. My wife couldn't be here this week. Um, Honey, if you're at home watching, I love you so much and I can't wait to see you soon. I had some decorations I was going to put up in your honor and, of course, I forgot them. (laughs) I love being in Homer, though. I mean, Homer is probably one of the most amazing places in the world. And this week was an example of that because you guys have, have alerts going off. You have warnings going off. Danger, 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 ooga, ooga. There's giant tidal surge going on, right? The waves are crashing over the spit. Rocks the size of basketballs are landing on the road. And all you guys are like, cool, let's go check it out. <laughs> I love that about Homer. All the videos of people driving through all that, it was just absolutely crazy. Um, I wanna talk about hope today though. Hope is a funny thing. Hope, I. I flew from Nashville uh, to get here this week, and it was a a four-and-a-half-hour flight to Seattle. And I talk about hope. My hope was that that flight could not get over soon enough because the person that sat next to me, the minute their butt hit the seat, started complaining. And they complained pretty much the entire four-and-a-half hours to me, to the flight attendant and everything, and I, I I, I just hoped it would get over sooner than it could. We hope, don't we, we hope we get that present we want for our birthday, for Christmas. Some of you students, we hope we get that A on the test, sometimes even if we didn't study, right? This week, I gotta be honest with you, I don't want to irritate anybody, but I hope those Cleveland Indians beat those uh, pesky uh, Yankees. (laughs) And what do we do in life? We hope for the best, don't we? Some of us this week are hoping for good weather next weekend because there's a wedding we're getting married in, right? Anybody here getting married next weekend? There's Ave here and Emily. They give them a shout out this week. We got a wedding going on next weekend. People looking for hope all the time. There's a song, Looking for Hope in All the Wrong Places, right? Now, I know it's love, but <laughs> let's just say it's hope for today. People look for in relationships, they look to the government for hope, they look to money, to drugs, to alcohol. One of of the more interesting things to me that people look for hope in is creation. And you see people looking for hope in worshiping the creation more than the creator, and the Bible told us that's going to happen, right? People have hope in science. But all those things eventually disappoint, don't they? And that's why I think hopelessness is so prevalent in our world today. And hopelessness is really a tool that the enemy uses against people. Remember two months ago I was here and I had everybody hold up two fingers because the suicide rate in Alaska is double the national average. And then I had everybody hold up three and a half fingers because the suicide rate in the Alaska native villages is three and a half times the national average. Then I had you hold up 14, right? And some of you got really creative. I remember you guys getting the 14 because the suicide rate for young men, native Alaskan men aged 15 to 24, is 14 times the national average. That's heartbreaking. That's people dying without hope. That's why these people do what they do to bring hope to the people of Homer. That's why we do what we do to come alongside missionaries that are bringing hope to the remote villages of Alaska. Do you know in Alaska, there's two peaks. They're called North and South Suicide Peaks. Did you know that? That just got changed Thursday, thanks to Bill Pagaran. He petitioned to have that changed and they're no longer called North and South suicide peaks. But that's how prevalent suicide is in Alaska. Let me ask you how many of you growing up, how many of you watched Batman on TV? Anybody? Okay. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> that went a lot better than I thought it would.
6: <laughs>
8: <laughs> Batman, remember Batman when there was trouble in Gotham City? What happened? What did Commissioner Gordon do? Commissioner Gordon would go put up the bat signal, right? And what was the bat signal for? I don't think it was to call Batman, right? Because he had a bat phone, right? But I think the bat signal was to give people hope. When people were in trouble, when people were down, when they were being victimized, they could see help was on the way. The bat signal did that. When the bad guys saw the bat signal, they knew they were in trouble. I listened to Pastor Craig Smith from Denver. He spoke to our group of missionaries a couple weeks ago up at Victory Bible Camp. And he's a pastor of a big church in Denver. And one of the things that he talked about is superheroes. And the powers, the superpowers that superheroes have and how they bring hope to people. And I thought about that. I thought, how, how many of you would like to have a superpower? About six of you? Okay. I'll talk to you six. Let me ask you this. Raise your hand if you would like to have the superpower of invisibility. You could make yourself invisible. Does that sound like a good one? Okay. I got a few takers on that. How about superhuman strength? If you could be superhuman strong, who would like that? Raise your hand. Okay. We got some on that. How about, for those of you that like to travel, how about teleporting? that you could teleport yourself every, oh, there's, now we got some hands. Okay, free travel, I can go anywhere I want in the world. How many of you, last one, if you could have the ability of superpower to read people's minds, who would like to have that? Uh, a lot of heads are shaking no on that one. That'd be, it'd be hard to live that way, wouldn't it? I want to suggest to you that each of these people who are up here today is a superhero. And that each of these people has a superpower. And I want to tell you that each of you has the ability to have that superpower too if you know Jesus. Let's look at a scripture. Romans 15, 13. Read this with me. May the God of hope... Stop! The God of what? The God of hope. That's what we're talking about today. What a coincidence. Our God is a God of hope. May he do what? Fill you with all what? Joy Joy and peace, right? Our God of hope is going to fill you with joy and peace. Now let's go on. There's a part that we have to do. He's going to fill you with joy and peace, but what's our part? As we what? Trust in him. So there's a part we got to play in that, and that is trusting God completely, going all in. Now, why is that? So that you may what? Overflow Overflow with hope. Think about that. Think about it if I had a 55-gallon drum sitting here, and I started taking milkshakes, and I started just putting them in one by one, milkshakes in this 55-gallon drum. It just kept going. People kept bringing milkshakes. And it gets to the top, but I I keep doing it. keep pouring in milkshakes what's going to happen right it's going to overflow with milkshakes right what's going to happen to the people up here in the front row when that starts overflowing milkshakes right they're going to be getting milkshakes all over them and eventually if I keep going everybody in here except those of you up in the bleachers the smart people are going to be covered with milkshakes right that's what God's talking about. You're going to overflow with hope. Think about that. God is saying He's going to overflow hope in you. Now what's that mean? If you're overflowing hope, what's that mean to the people around you? They might get a little bit of hope, right? That might just pass on to the people around you. I love that. And how does that happen by the "what? Okay, we gotta really get this one, okay? Because this has the word power in it, so we really gotta get by the what? Power. Power of the Holy Spirit, right? Because so many of us we think, you know, Holy Spirit is like, Oh, I'm I'm just a nice little Holy Spirit. I just go around and I just convict people of sins and oh, I see you over there. That's a bad one. You got it, you're convicted. Oh oh I see Marlo over here. Marlo's got one too. And the Holy Spirit's just floating around kind of like, you know, the little cupid guy with the arrows just shooting people. You sinned, you sinned, you sinned, you sinned. That's not the Holy Spirit. This is talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. That is awesome. That's exciting. Let me read that whole verse for you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that an awesome thought? Let me read to you John 13, 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is Jesus talking He's talking to disciples saying, this is how people are gonna know that you're my disciples. If you have loved one for another. Now here he's got this band of disciples and this band of disciples was not this great group of friends who'd been hanging out for the last 20 years, was it? It was guys from all different kind of walks in life. They were ornery. They didn't get along sometimes. They're arguing about who's gonna sit at the right hand of Jesus, right? When they get to heaven. They didn't always get along. But Jesus said, people are going to know you're my disciples by the love you have one for another. People, I want to suggest to you today that the power of the Holy Spirit in you gives you the ability to love when it's not deserved. Gives you the ability to love when people are unlovable in your life. And that is not possible in human efforts because our human efforts are... When people don't do things we don't like, when people disagree with the way we think, what's our human side say? Just look at social media. You're unfriended. Don't have to deal with you anymore, right? That's not what God says. God says He's going to give you the ability to love when love's not expected, when love is hard to do. That's amazing. And that, my friends, brings hope to people when you can love people when they're in need, and when you can love people when they're not very lovable. Think about the story of the Good Samaritan. Here's a traveler who's beaten, he's stripped, he's, the Bible describes when Jesus said, he's half dead. And the, the religious leaders of this time are walking down the street, and you, you've got the priest, and you've got the Levite, and they come there, and, and it doesn't say they passed him by, Jesus says they walked on the other side of the road like, I don't even want to get near what's happening there. And the Samaritan, who we all know today as a good Samaritan, he stops and he gets down. And he, Jesus said he shows compassion and he bound his wounds and he met him down and dirty right there where his needs were. He got involved. And people, I want to challenge you that... If we're going to bring hope to people, we need to get involved. These people here today, there's a great opportunity to get involved in your town right here. So many times we, when we're, we see needs, you know, we're like, well, I'll pray for them. We're like, Father in heaven, I prayest that thou wouldest give this man sitting in the cold with no shoes and no coat, that thou wouldst rain down shoes and coats from heaven upon him. But did you ever stop to think for a minute that maybe God put you there and you're an answer for that prayer that that person was praying and he needs shoes and a coat and maybe we ought to take my shoes and my coat and give it to him. Because you know what? I can drive four minutes home and I got more shoes and I got coats. He doesn't have shoes and coat now and he doesn't have a home to drive to to get more maybe you are the answer to the people's prayers that are right in front of you that's what these people up here were doing these people get down get right where the people's needs are and they meet those needs and I love that about this crew that was up here today our pastor from a church in Tennessee came up couple weeks ago and they went to this uh, retreat that we have for the pastors and missionaries from the remote villages. It's up at Victory Bible Camp. And right before that we flew our pastor Sam out to Dillingham, one of the remote villages. And he went out there and he met with one and they're looking to do ministry in Alaska. They came here and met with Eric and the crew over at ABI. They're looking to do ministry. So they went out and met with this pastor and Had a couple hour meeting. At the end of the meeting, they said to the pastor, what can we do for you? And the pastor said, a phone call. And I was blown away when I heard that. Pastor Sam was blown away, because here's this, Pastor Sam is the pastor of this church of 1,800 people in Crossville, Tennessee, with resources. And here's this guy in this village, and we thought he'd say, we need money. We need to be able to build this. We need to be able to build that. We need you to send work teams out. We need you to be able to send people to do vacation Bible schools for our villages. And what did he say? A phone call. That struck me. I think some of you remember Carol King, the song You Got a Friend. Anybody remember that? Is there one person that remembers? There's one person that remembers Carol King in the song. Okay, you and I will have this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Carol King in that song says, Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you have to do is call. And I'll be there. Yes, I will. You got a friend. And I think Carol King got it wrong because she said all you have to do is call. But she talks later in the song about when you're down and troubled and you need a helping hand. When you're down and troubled and you need a helping hand, are you in the mood to start making phone calls? Uh-uh. And that's what this pastor is saying. He needs a phone call to come to him, to give him encouragement, to give him hope. And that's what we need to do. We need to beware of doing it we need to make the phone calls to the people. We need to check up on our friends. We need to check up on our neighbors. We need to make a phone call and just say, hey, how you doing? And we need to talk, but you know what? We need to do more than anything, we need to listen. And then we need to listen some more and listen a little bit more. And people, when you share with people the struggles in your life that you have overcome, in the battles that you've won, that may be just the encouraging word that that person on the other end of the phone needs to continue in their battle. Pick up that phone. Make that phone call. To bring hope, we need to allow ourselves to get excited. I mean, I was excited when I heard the Homer football team won the state championship. Anybody else excited about that? I mean, holy moly, that's exciting. But we need to be excited about the things of God, too. We need to get excited. Sometimes we're so reserved and we're so afraid. Oh, you know, I got to be careful. And some of you are thinking right now, Bill, you are walking right on the edge here. You know, be careful, Bill. Don't go over that edge. You get people too excited. <laughs> you know, right? There's some people out here, I know, in a crowd this size, there's some people out there going, don't get them too excited, Bill. You know, when we hear about somebody that comes to know Jesus, man, that ought to be a day of rejoicing. We ought to be jumping and, and running around and, and screaming. That's something to get excited about when somebody goes from darkness to light from lost to found, from, hev- from hell to heaven. That's stuff to get excited about. The angels rejoice, right? God's word tells us that. Why, why shouldn't we rejoice? Listen to this verse. Give praise to the Lord. I love that. Proclaim his name, right? Tell people about Jesus. But listen to this last part. This is what we need to do more of. Make known among the nations what he has done. Talk to people. Tell people what Jesus has done for you. Why? Because it brings hope to people. I love that song. Um, I think Phil Wickham, this, this is Amazing Grace we sing sometimes. It says, Jesus, I sing for all that you have done for me. I love that song. We need to get sometimes unconventional, but we need to we need to tell what the Lord has done. Our, our daughter Paula, um, I just love her dearly. She's kind of the, the, the prodigal daughter. You know, she would has a master's degree in, in uh, religion, would argue with you about anything uh, to do with religion and Christianity. Well, a couple of her friends invited her to a Catholic church and they said, we're gonna have a chef and he's gonna cook and we're gonna drink wine and we're gonna talk about Jesus. And oh, there's free childcare. Now I know as soon as I said that, some of you are going, well, it's a Catholic church, Mildred. There is nothing that's gonna happen there that can be, because they're not the same religion as I am. And some of you are saying, a chef, you gotta be kidding me. That's not not what you do in churches, you have potluck. Everybody gotta bring something, right? That's the way it works at a church. You don't cook for people. And there's a few of you that are going, I need to talk to Aaron Weiser because he just mentioned drinking wine from up there in front of us. And I know there's a whole bunch of mamas out here going, did he mention free childcare? Because I'm there if there's free childcare. But you know what? If you focus on those four things, you miss the most important one. They talk about Jesus. They got together and they talk about Jesus. And my ornery, beautiful, loving, prodigal daughter is on fire for Jesus right now. And she gave her heart to the Lord because somebody invited her to the Catholic Church to drink wine and talk about Jesus and have childcare. Yeah! Yeah! We need to get excited. We need to tell and make known among the nations what he's done. People to do that, we got got to get back. We all got to get back to focusing on Jesus. You know, we did this thing with that. Do this. Hold up. Make a zero. Everybody make a zero. I'm not going to go on until everybody's making a zero. So you might as well well make a zero. There's a couple of you still not making. I got half a zero over here. Okay. All right, zero. That represents the number of people whose minds have been changed by you arguing with them on social media. <laughs> right, absolutely zero. It doesn't happen. You know, we, get, we, start, we start wanting to argue government and stuff. Let me tell you something, folks. Our hope is not in the government. Jesus never said, hey, the disciples, come here. Let's get in a huddle. Okay, here's the plan. What we're going to do is we're going to see if we can get a new emperor in Rome. Okay, that's the plan. Once we get a new emperor in Rome, everything's going to be great. It's not the government, folks. That's not how it works. The tide in this country will not turn when the next governor, senator, or president is elected. The tide in this country will turn when people like these people are out there getting down and dirty and meeting the needs of the people that are out there. Can I get an amen on that? That's when the tide will turn, when you and I start to do that. That brings hope to the hopeless. Think about the early church. Here's this ragtag, ragamuffin, whatever you want to call them, bunch of disciples. There's just handfuls of them, right? And now we got, what, 1.2 billion Christians. How did that happen? Those guys were beaten. They were persecuted. They were battered. They were imprisoned. But you know what they did? They loved in a remarkable way. They loved the unlovable. They loved the prison guard that was guarding their cell. They rescued babies that were abandoned and thrown out in the forest because it was legal to do that in those days. They cared for the sick. They cared for the dying. They cared for the lepers that nobody would touch. They went and buried the people that were dead that other people threw in the street. They brought the love and hope of Jesus up close and personal to people. That's what made a difference. That's what turned the tide. People, when you do that, when you make Jesus the focus, when you when you start to put God's priorities as my priorities, I'm gonna tell you folks, it's a God adventure. My wife and I call it call ours the Wilkinson Wilderness God Adventure. You just insert your last name in there. Blank wilderness God adventure because that's what it is when you go all in it's a God adventure it's exciting it's amazing to see what God will do you know as I as I close up here I want I want to talk to some of you because there there may be some of somebody here today that's saying hey hey you know this whole Jesus thing I don't really know about it um I'm not, I'd like, I like this idea of a God adventure, but I'm not, I'm not really on the Jesus thing. And I want to talk to you here today if you don't know Jesus, because when, when God and man were first together in Eden, there was great fellowship, right? And then man sinned, and there was a separation between God and man. And God said in the scriptures, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus died on that cross to unite man with God again. And I wanna say a prayer, I want everybody just to bow your heads, don't look around, don't bother the people around you, let this be a God time. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, and you want to be a part of that God adventure, just say this prayer with me. Just say it to yourself. Father in heaven, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. Today, I accept that gift, and I turn my life over to you and ask you to change me from the inside out. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, the Bible says the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And I bet even the people here at church on the rock would rejoice. Would you give me an amen? Amen. All right. People, I want to challenge you with two things when you leave. There's seven people up here. I want to challenge you, don't rush out of here. You know, we always say we at 1230, but you know what? Most of us are like, Boo, we're just to get of out of here. There's seven people. Would you seven people that were up here stand up? Just take note of where they are. I want to ask you, before you leave, would you give them some Church on the Rock Love, and would you just go over and put your hand on their shoulder? Take one of them. You don't have to do all seven. Just take one and say, thank you for what you're doing to share hope in our community. Would you do that for me today? And maybe some of you, when you're over there, you're going to say, hey, how can I help? Or here's my number. Call me. I want to help. But do that before. Go ahead and sit down. One last thing, folks, I want to challenge you with. Would you start praying adventurous prayers? Adventurous prayers when you say to God, here I am, Lord, use me. Here I am, Lord, send me. I'm willing to go wherever you want me to go. I'm willing to be used in any way you want. When you surrender that moment to God and say, I'm all yours. I'm all in, no holding back. People, it's a God adventure. And I will tell you, it'll be life-changing for you. It'll be life-changing for the people around you. And if we can all get on board to that, it'll be world-changing. That's what happened with the disciples. They went all in. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thanks, worship team, for lifting up Jesus. Thanks
0: thanks, just to the whole panel for being here. I know that a lot of you have got other things going on, so thank you for your time. Bill, thank you for sharing. Um, thankful for us kind of kicking off this upcoming Missions Weekend. Um, a few things. First is that Women's Chapel, the first Women's Chapel for this season starts tonight at 6.30. So that's gals, sixth grade and up. You're welcome. It's at the office at The Rock, 6.30. Um, there's a bunch of... Uh, different platters of food that's been prepared for you to come and eat tonight. Uh, Arwen Weiser is going to be leaving that time talking about connection. I want to talk about banquet tickets too. If you guys are going to buy tickets, I would encourage you to do so today. You can do that on the app and if you need help buying them, you can go to the info table and the gals over there will help you out. Um, if you are new to Church on the Rock and you've started attending in the last year or two years and you have not been able to attend a missions banquet before, I want to highly encourage you to do so. It really is an experience. It's part of our DNA, our value as a church. It'll tell you so much about us as a church, what we care about, the people that we love, that we support, um, that are our family. They get to be here for this time. Um, One other thing that you guys should know. So as Bill mentioned, we have Uh, the whole high school football team that's celebrating their recent victory. In fact, they're celebrating right now in the parking lot. So... That means that not only do we not officially end until 1230, but you probably won't be able to leave to at least one. So that's gonna give you lots of time to find someone from the panel who shared, find Bill. They're gonna be hanging around for a while, connect with them, there's some info at the info, at the info table. Um, and then just be, you know, if you got kids, uh, you'll have to navigate around the parking lot as uh, high school, the bus just got back. So uh, anyways, God bless you guys. We'll see you Saturday night for our kickoff at the office. Check out the schedule, it's printed. See you guys Saturday.